Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. All right, good morning. So I... um, it's a really big deal when somebody stands in front of people and says, this is what God says. And so that has not um, fall, fallen deaf on me, and uh, I realize the privilege that it is. So can we pray together before I start? <clears throat> God, it really is a big deal when people come up and say, this is what God says. And so, Lord, have mercy on me as I... Uh, deliver your word. I pray that you would uh, be with us here. And we thank you that you are here with us. You promised that, that you are with us. Lord, let your word just come alive in our hearts and remind us of you, our good Father. Remind us of the Savior, Jesus, that you gave us. And remind us of your spirit that you left here to be with us, to accomplish your mission. And so, Lord, let your spirit fall in this place, awaken our minds and our hearts, and help me just to be merely your mouthpiece. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So a month ago, uh, Renee and I moved out of our townhome that we had lived in for about seven years, and it was a really long and drawn-out process. And finally, we, we got to the end, and we had it all nailed down for a weekend, where on Saturday... The, move, the movers were going to come, and then on Sunday, the, uh, the buyers were going to do their walkthrough at 5 o'clock. So, you know, we're going through the week, and moving is the worst thing, as any of you know. And so by Saturday, the movers come, and they had shown up in a truck that was smaller than what I thought they were going to show up with, and I can't blame them. That was mostly my fault for not writing down the exact number of boxes and couches. And so... Uh, They packed stuff in a haphazard way, and ultimately, by the end of the day, at 2 o'clock, they had moved everything out that we wanted them to move, but then when I looked at our garage, there was still a ton of stuff left, and then when I looked upstairs in in our house, there was still a ton of stuff left, and I just thought, oh my gosh, these people are coming tomorrow. What are we going to do? So Renee like gets on it and she um, calls a storage unit and uh, she books a storage unit so that we can throw all our stuff in there. She gets a U-Haul for us so that we can rent it. And I just text a bunch of people, some of whom are here today, and I just said, can you help us? And so those folks came over and man, we got, I, I wish I had a picture, but we moved everything out of our garage and we had cleared out everything out, out of our garage and all the couches and boxes And by 2 a.m. Saturday, everything from there was done. And then I woke up Sunday morning and I called Mike and I said, I can't serve today, man. I've got to walk through at 5 o'clock. So we're looking at our house up and down and we had so much to clean. And so again, I texted a bunch of people and said, can you guys just please show up after church and help us out? And they came and it was like they were in different spots and helping us clean out. And we left at 4.45 p.m. when the walkthrough was at 5. 
And when I had uh, emailed or called uh, some of them who came, I had told them essentially, like, I shudder to think what would have happened if you guys didn't show up. Like, without your help, we would have been utterly hopeless. There was just no way. You know, in John chapter 6, sorry, John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus is describing um, his departure to his disciples. And he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus and the writers of the New Testament paint this picture. That without the help of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life, our lives are hopeless. We can't live the Christian life. There's no way to live the Christian life. He describes it briefly here, but then throughout the rest of the New Testament, we have to live with the Spirit. But I don't know a single follower of Jesus, or I haven't met one yet, who would agree with Jesus and say, yeah, you know what? It really was to our advantage that Jesus in person, in the flesh, is not here. Man, we've got the Holy Spirit to accomplish Jesus' work. I don't know if, would you agree with that? No, right? Most people would say, what happened here? It really is to our advantage? So either we are woefully uninformed and uncooperative with the work of the Holy Spirit, or Jesus just totally oversold us on something. And since we believe that Jesus, for Jesus to make a striking statement like that, it's something that we have to take seriously, and that's one area that I want us to dive deeper in today. Uh, from the outset, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit in prayer. And that's been our topic, if you haven't been with us here at church. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, or, sorry, we've been talking about prayer. And I want to say from the outset, as I talk about the Holy Spirit in prayer, the subject of the Holy Spirit is way too broad. That is like several pay grades above my level as far as expertise. I can only begin to touch on that. But I think there's some important things to bring up. I want us to talk about this today. There's two points I'm going to make. The Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. That's one of the things that the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. Help us in prayer. And then secondly, I want to talk about, so how does that actually happen? How does the Holy Spirit help us in prayer? So let's talk about the first thing. How the Holy Spirit or that the Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. So, we're commanded to do five things in relation to the Spirit. This Spirit, who is better than Jesus in person, we're commanded to do five things in relation to the Spirit. Number one, Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the Spirit. So it says, like, bring the Spirit into everyday life with you. Walk in the Spirit. We're also told in Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. And the Spirit, we believe, is a separate person of God. And as a person, He can be grieved and wounded by our sin. So when we confess, we can be filled again. 
These are commands now. It also says, do not grieve the Spirit. Okay? Christians that are living now apart from Jesus, do not grieve the Spirit. That's another command. Don't fall into sin and grieve the Spirit. It also says this, do not quench the Spirit. The image is like a fire or a flame, and when we start to disobey or we don't listen to those promptings of the Spirit, we begin to throw water on that fire of the Spirit. And then the last thing is a curious thing that we're commanded to do. We're commanded to pray in the Spirit. You and me, we're supposed to pray in the Spirit. Okay, I get all the rest, kind of, but what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? It's from Ephesians 6.18 and Jude 20. Here's what it says in Ephesians 6.18. You know, it's from the whole uh, passage about the armor of God. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then in Jude 20, it says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul talks about praying in the Spirit when he starts talking about praying in tongues. And if you're not, you know, part of church culture and all that, praying in tongues was in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came upon people. The Holy Spirit enabled people to pray and to talk in a language completely other than their own. Now, this was an actual language people could understand. And so Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, was uh, talking about praying in the Spirit as it relates to praying in tongues. And so as a result, I think when many of us here pray in the Spirit, we think, okay, that means that crazy thing called praying in tongues. But I would argue that it's actually not only that. There are 20 other times in the New Testament where it's, or sorry, in the Bible, where it says to do something in the Spirit. So look up here and see. I would say this, to pray in the Spirit is much more than praying in tongues. Okay, it could be that, but it's much more than that. And I think that's when we feel like, okay, I can pray in the Spirit. Look at this, Ezekiel 37.1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. In tongues? No. In the Spirit of the Lord. Matthew twenty-two forty-three. 43. He, meaning Jesus, said to them, How is it then that David, in the Spirit, calls him Lord? Was David speaking in tongues at that time? No. Um, Luke 2, 27. Simeon, and he, Simeon, came in the Spirit into the temple. And this is when the baby Jesus came into the temple and Simeon, who was a prophet there, received him in the Spirit. Was he praying in tongues when he received Jesus? No, the Bible doesn't make any indication that he was praying in tongues. And then lastly, 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord 
except in the Holy Spirit. I would say then that to do something in the Spirit means to be led and empowered by the Spirit. Okay? It's not just praying in tongues. It could be that. But I think when we talk about doing something in the Spirit, it means to be led and empowered in the Spirit. Okay? So I'm going to lump those two words, led and empowered, and I'm going to house it under one large umbrella of help. The Holy Spirit helps us in prayer by leading us and empowering us. Okay? That's how we pray in the Spirit, by watching and listening and waiting for the Spirit's leading and empowerment. That's what I would argue is to pray in the Spirit. And it says praying, I mean, when you look throughout Scripture, praying without looking for the Spirit's help, it's like lifting weights, heavy, heavy weights without a spotter. It just should not be done. Okay? It's like wearing your glasses when you have terrible, uh, leaving your glasses when you have terrible vision. It should not be done. Okay? It's like trying to move out of a house when you have a walkthrough at 5 p.m. the next day. Okay? It just should not be done without help. Okay? And so that's why I believe it is so important that we learn how to pray in the Spirit and we learn how to invite the Spirit into our prayer life. So you might be thinking, okay, kind of sold on me a little bit, all right? So that kind of makes sense. I can agree with you. The Holy Spirit's supposed to help us in prayer. Got it. Subject, objectively, I agree with you. So now the question is this. How does the Holy Spirit help us pray? So that's where I want to really kind of plant for the rest of our time. How does the Spirit help us pray? If that's what we want, to pray in the Spirit, how does he help us pray? Um. Among all of you, you probably have a ton of books that you've read on prayer and probably a ton of great books, and I'm sure we could compile a ton of, uh, of books on prayer. This one, uh, A Journey to Victorious Praying by Bill Thrasher, has been so helpful for me. Uh, I got it like 10 years ago, and I keep referring to this book. It has been so helpful for me to just navigate what prayer is. And he relates this story in one of the uh, excerpts. In one of the excerpts, he talks about a pastor who's telling him this story that at the end of the day, he comes to pray, he kneels down, and he just feels like, I can't pray. I just had such a terrible day. I feel so discouraged in ministry, and I just can't pray. And it was at that time when he was feeling that way that he felt like God's spirit was saying, wait, 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 are you, are you coming to me in, in Jesus' name? Or are you coming to me in your name? Are you coming to me in the name of Jesus that gives you every right and privilege and access without anything that you've done? Or are you coming to me in your name? Man, I can relate to that. Because there are so many times, whether it's because of an action or an attitude, 
uh, that I come to the end of the day and I'm supposed to pray and I'm just feeling like, yeah, Lord, not today. I just, it's just not going to work. I think it shows up most often uh, when I have to pray with the kids after I've just disciplined them or something. And for parents, when the day is insane, when it's crazy, and you've yelled, and you've done all these things, and you've gotten angry, and you know it wasn't right, and then it's prayer time, and the kids are like, it's time to pray. Can I get an amen? That is the worst thing, because you're like, you guys, you know what, we're, we're just going to bypass that prayer thing today. I can get that, but here's how the Holy Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit leads us to pray when we don't feel worthy. That's how you can pray in the Spirit, to pray even when you don't feel worthy. Why? Romans 8, 15, 17. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We have received. It wasn't about us in the first place. This was a gift. We are now sons and daughters. As you know, Nothing can change the fact that you are, your children will always be your children. And that's true of us with God. We are sons and daughters. The Spirit himself makes us say, Abba, Father. The Spirit bears witness if you're in law. And you know to bear witness to means to give testimony, to say, yeah, that's true. What, what's happening right now, that's true. The Spirit bears witness. And we are also heirs. I think our tendency is in verse 15. When it's time to pray, we receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. And we begin to fear God and we begin to not feel right before God. It's like when Lily, my youngest, who's four years old, when she gets in trouble and Renee is telling me what she's done, She does one of these, like, and I'm looking at her. She'll go, like, she doesn't want to make eye contact with me. Or if she has her blanket and Renee's telling me stuff, she'll slowly start to hide under her blanket. And it's, you know, we laugh, but the crazy thing is as adults, we've just found different ways to hide and not to be in God's presence. And I think what growth looks like is to come to God when you don't feel worthy. It's responding to that still small voice that says, just pray. You have every right to be here, not because of you. Just pray. You know, I said we were told to do five things in relation to the Spirit. You and I, we grieve the Spirit when we refuse to pray because of ourselves and our day. But we walk in the Spirit when we say, Lord, I don't deserve to talk to you right now, 
but I thank you that I come in Jesus' name. You grieve, you and I grieve and quench the spirit when we feel that leading like, oh man, I really should pray. And we quench the spirit, we throw uh, water on that fire when we go, yeah, but I got to take care of something else. Learn to pray in the spirit by responding to pray when you don't feel worthy. So now you're at the point where you say, okay, I'm going to try next time. Next time, tonight, maybe tonight, maybe this week sometime when I don't feel worthy, I'm going to try to respond to God's voice and just pray. I want to cooperate with the Spirit. But how else does the Spirit help us? How else does the Spirit help us? Well, we get some clues here from John chapter 16, verses 8 and 13. When the Spirit comes, he will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. And when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the Spirit will convict us of sin and then guide us into into truth. And we all have the truth of God's Word. So we see from this scripture that God's Spirit will guide us into his Word. So one of the ways that we can... Uh, pray in the Spirit is to talk to God honestly. I believe that Scripture points to uh, talking to God honestly as a way of praying in the Spirit. I just think that for many of us, we're just not realizing how dishonest we are when we come before God. I think sometimes life is too busy and things are too crazy where we can't pause and think. And as a result, there are very few blips on our sin radar, if you will, right? Each one of us has kind of a sin radar. Like, all right, I got angry. Some of you, your sin radar blips when you get angry, like with your kids. All right, I know that was bad. Oh, blip. Okay, that was not a good thing. All right, fine. Some of us, that sin radar, there's like a little blip. If you look at something inappropriate, you listen to something inappropriate. Okay, blip. Okay, I shouldn't have done that. But there's very few other blips. We've got like three kind of criteria by which we judge whether we've sinned or not. And I feel like we lose out on the Spirit's help in prayer when our sin radar is just so not in tune with what God says. I feel like we lose out when we only have like these three things to judge our day by and then we don't see how much we need God. I think it's also hard for us to be honest in prayer because we often blame others. When we have a bad day, if you have a bad day at home or at work, it's like, you know, if I just didn't work with that person, I wouldn't have just snapped. Or if, I could, if, I, uh, if that person hadn't done that, cut me off or whatever it may be, I wouldn't have gotten so angry. I wouldn't have raged. Okay? It, it, whatever it is, we tend to blame others. And this quote by John Ortberg has consistently pierced my heart and pricked me throughout the, the years. Other people don't create your spirit. They reveal your spirit. Other people don't create your spirit. They reveal your spirit. And I feel like when we are not paying attention because we've only got a few criteria to judge our day by, and when we tend to blame others, I feel like we lose out on praying 
in the Spirit. This has really been the area of greatest growth in my life over the last year. I mean, there were consistently patterns in my life that were not good and not pleasing to the Lord. And it was every Sunday like, God, I confess about that, and I'm just going to implement these practices and procedures and all of that. And then I will become better, and then I would fail, and then I would try again. And when I started to learn about praying in the Spirit, meaning inviting him to help me to pray honestly, man, it's, it's been revolutionary for me. I've actually been using Galatians, you know, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Um, I have found that throughout the day, if I use verse 22 and 23 as my grid to monitor my feelings and emotions, man, it helps me to pray in the Spirit. What I mean is this, like, when I'm out and about, you know, um, I could be at Costco And you know how Costco has no real, like, line for that service desk? It's kind of like a big desk, and people just, some people line up, and then some people just kind of come over to that side. I don't know, like, when when there's that kind of injustice that someone jumps the line, I get angry. And at that moment, I've been learning to say, okay, Lord, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. That's not love, and that's not joy. That's not what's coming out of me right now. If the fruit of the Spirit is the natural way to live Christian life, that's not coming out of me right now. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. Help me. Or when I'm at work, if I've got um, a class to teach or uh, something that's due and I'm just full of anxiety, like, oh, I'm just so stressed out and wound up, I just have been learning to pause and say, okay, the fruit of the Spirit is uh, peace, and patience. Lord, I'm telling you, that's not coming out of me right now. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. Help me. Um, In my thoughts, impurity. Lord, that's not fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. That's not what's coming out of me right now. Help me. Have mercy on me. We're prepping for this sermon. Fear. Anxiety, Lord, right now, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is supposed to be the natural stuff that comes out of a life lived with Jesus, and that's not coming out of me right now. So something's off, Lord, because you said this was the life that we're supposed to live. So have mercy on me, forgive me, and help me. Um. This has helped me so much to grow in praying in the Spirit. And what does growth to pray in the Spirit looks like? It may look like you using Scripture to be your grid by which you analyze, evaluate, look at your attitudes during the day. And just asking for help. 
God is a God who helps when, he, when people ask. It may look like that. I would encourage you, if you're a parent, to help your kids pray honestly. Um, there was a conflict at our house, and um, one of the kids had to do more chores than the other kids. And um, uh, we were trying to, you know, it was just anger coming out. And in our house, we call it, um, uh, we call it soul sickness. Guys, there's some soul sickness out of, your, out of you right now. There's some soul sickness. So what's going on? And one of the kids goes, I'm bitter. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Let's pray. Let's be honest before God. Because the more you realize that sin can't be managed and it can't be controlled, it can't be fixed, like, then you can pray honestly and be like, you got to help me, Lord. I can't manage this. But we do a disservice to our kids when we're like, start doing that stuff. Why? Because I told you, disobey, come here, I'm going to discipline you. And they have no context to say like, how do I deal with this? Be better next time. What? Let's teach our kids to pray honestly by saying, that's disobedience, right? That's not fruit of the Spirit, right? This is what Jesus said was supposed to come out of us. So let's pray. Let's ask God. This is not right, Lord. Help us. Change me. Um, I just feel like so much of this message is linked to what Pastor Jared was talking about last week as far as just listening and paying attention. And I think we can start to listen and pay attention. Um, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us uh, to talk to God honestly. I think the Holy Spirit also, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit There's another story from here that leads us to this next point. It says this, Ming came to me one day in great discouragement as he told me about his ministry. He was in his late 50s and left his career in chemical engineering to study for the ministry. While interning at a local church, he visited a lady in the hospital who was very sick and also very bitter. She informed him in no uncertain terms that she did not desire a visit from him or anybody else from the church. Ming responded and asked, Could I please pray for you? She reluctantly said, Okay, if you want to. Ming related to me that as he attempted to pray, all he could do was cry. His tears were the only prayer he could muster. Ming was reporting this as if it were a failure. What we later learned is that the lady opened her heart to Ming and the Lord. God began to deal with her bitterness and her health dramatically improved. How do we pray in the Spirit? Yeah, I think it is um, to pray when we don't feel worthy. I think it is to uh, lead us to pray honestly. But I think it's also when we don't know how to pray. The Spirit helps us pray. Uh, Romans 8, 26, 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts, searches hearts, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. What is weakness? Um, 
There's a lot of commentaries about this passage, and I'm doing such a disservice to unpacking this whole thing. But weakness uh, throughout can be a situation or circumstance that makes you feel utterly powerless. Okay? Like health issues um, for yourself, for your children, when you are so uh, broken, uh, when you have nothing to say when the situation is like so overwhelming, the Spirit wants to help us in our weakness. Um, In all seriousness, I think the Spirit, this is the area that I really don't know much about. I really don't know much about how to pray without praying. How to just let, how to just be still and say, I'm so broken. Spirit, pray. I wonder if like the pastors and elders could probably um, relate to this kind of experience more where you walk into a circumstance that's just so big and so much, it's too much. And you don't know what to say. And you've got to learn how to let the Spirit lead you in weakness. Can I just admit, I, I want to learn this more. I want to learn that because uh, there's a quote from William Thrasher. He says this, What is the worst thing we can do when we sense this weakness of not knowing how to pray as we should? It is to pretend we know how to pray. I don't fully get that. But I know there have been times and people have told me stories of times where they walked into a situation where they didn't know what to say and they just had to kind of just let the Spirit lead. I think the Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray. I want to grow in this area, and I think the last way of how we can pray in the Spirit is because is, uh, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and help us to pray so we can be a part of God's mission. And I'm going to unpack what that looks like. To pray in the Spirit is to pray so we can be a part of God's mission. 1 Peter 2, 9-10. Do you know God's mission? Can we read this out loud together? Let's read this out loud. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. There's a pastor who unpacked this verse. God's mission is actually this. What God has done to us He now wants to do through us to the world. That's God's mission. What God has done to us, he now wants to do through us to the rest of the world. We lost our slides there. There we go. And I think that happens in a couple ways. The Holy Spirit leads us to pray for other believers and for those who don't believe. This is how we can pray in the Spirit 
Because going back to the scripture I referenced before, Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. What growth looks like in the Spirit is if we, if you and me, make supplication for the saints. Is that part of your prayer life? And man, you know, I think one way that we can grow in the Spirit is when we come gathered together like this, how can we pray for each other? To pray for the saints while we're here. That's how we join on God's mission. God's mission is you and me, right? And so as we pray for one another, as we strengthen, as we encourage one another, God's mission can be furthered in your brother, in your sister's life. And so I would just invite us, even after service is done, to just be like, Spirit of God, who should I talk to? Who needs encouragement? Who needs prayer? If that's your prayer Saturday night, Lord, prepare me for tomorrow and let people come to mind. Just sit for a minute and let people come to mind and pray in the Spirit by praying for the saints. I think also, as I said, for those who don't believe and This reminds me of uh, Jesus' prayer for mission workers. Pray for workers to be sent into the harvest because the harvest is plenty. The workers are few. I I have a buddy of mine who we've been friends since high school. And we had partied throughout college. We had a great time together. We were really close. And um, after I became a believer, I had him and many other people that I used to hang out with on this prayer list And I just remember praying for them. And over the years, time had passed. And I, you know, came to hear through the grapevine that he is kind of like agnostic, atheist, and whatever. And, um, you know, that always grieved my heart when people that I knew and people that I know um, did not want to believe this God that we know and that I've experienced. So one night, um, I, I, I had a dream that I was having a kind of a debate with this guy about God and we were going back and forth and back and forth and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like man that was that was weird and so I just thought all right I don't want to get up right now I just I'll just pray Lord help so and so amen and uh, I woke up again in the morning and I told Renee I was like I just feel like I need to go on Facebook and just email him and just tell him like I had this this dream about him. I was like, that's wacky, right? And um, she's like, just go do it. And for those of you who know how often I post to Facebook, like, this just doesn't happen. So I went down and I get on and I'm like, hey man, I know this is totally crazy, but I just had this weird dream about you and me debating about God and, you know, it'd be great to connect at some point. Um, Yeah, that's it. Anytime you want to get a coffee, let's hang out. And so um, I didn't think much of it, and I came back, and I don't remember if it was the same day or later. And he had written me back, and he said, Hey, Bob, that's a crazy dream. But what's even more crazy is I had the same one last night. That's crazy! (laughs) 
is crazy. And I am not a crazy person. I shy away from crazy. Like, that's too... Whoa, I can't explain that. But man, I, I know, I know that you have had those same feelings and promptings and urgings. Like, man, I should really reach out to this person. I should really... And sometimes it's crazy. I think that's part of walking in the Spirit. Say, you're no longer in control. You are a vessel that God's Spirit wants to use to reach the rest of the world. What God has done to us, he now wants to do through us to the rest, through to the world. What does growth look like in this? I think, again, what Pastor Jared uh, was talking about last week. Not when we gather at church, but like when you go to work. Lord, who do you want me to pray for? Um, Right now at work, I'm praying for someone who is like really harsh and abrasive. And I don't want to necessarily. They're just really harsh and abrasive. But I feel like, man, God wants me to pray for this person. I'm just going to pray. Who does God want you to pray for? How could you be more sensitive? Because I don't think that should be the exception. I think that should be the norm in our walk. God's Spirit, to pray in the Spirit, is to pray um, when we don't feel unworthy or when we feel unworthy. Uh, uh, It means that we are to pray honestly. I think it also means uh, to pray when we don't know what to say, and it means to pray uh, to be part of God's mission. Um, Francis Chan has a book um, called Forgotten God where he says this, From my perspective, the Holy Spirit is tragically neglected and for all practical purposes forgotten. While no evangelical would deny his existence, I'm willing to bet there are millions of churchgoers who cannot confidently say they have experienced his presence or action in their lives over the past year, and many of them don't believe they can. Is that true of you? Do you not know this morning that that's what God wants? For you to walk in the power of the Spirit, to experience Him, to receive firsthand help from Him. You know what's so fascinating? Is that the, the Holy Spirit is our helper, right? Jesus said it's to our advantage. The last experience that He had prior to crucifixion was doing what with His, his disciples? Praying in the garden. And He saw them falling asleep and not being able to pray. And he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And how amazing is it that he sent us a spirit to help us in prayer? The Holy Spirit helps by leading and empowering. And I would just encourage you, and in our time as we close, how can you listen and surrender more to the spirit in prayer. I left a lot on the table. So much that could have been its own sermon. But I would love, I would love if in your community group, if you just said like, hey, 
Have you ever experienced any of that? What does it mean for you to pray in the Spirit? Or, hey, I feel like praying for so-and-so. You want to pray together? Or, can you pray for me? That's prayer in the Spirit. And I would just encourage you, that's what God wants for us. And I don't want us to miss out. Let's pray. Why don't we take just a minute to just let the Spirit speak to us. When we feel unworthy, when um, we need to be honest, when we uh, don't know what to say, when we want to join in on God's mission, let the Spirit lead you for a minute. One of the joys of prayer is to know God more. And I just want to encourage you, there's no way of knowing God more without inviting the third person of the the Trinity, the Spirit of God, into your prayer life to know Him more. Maybe as we close, just continue to let the Spirit lead. And I would encourage you to say, God, I want to know you more. So teach me what it means to pray in the Spirit. Let's just spend a minute praying. Father, we thank you for this day. We uh, thank you that you gather your people to remind us of your word, to remind us of you. And Lord, we pray in this moment that Jesus would be lifted up because we know that one of the ministries of the Spirit is to lift up Jesus, our Savior, our Helper, our Hope. And we pray, God, you as a good father that you would help us to just listen more to your spirit spirit of God teach us this week to listen 
in our workplace, at home, and to just be more open to letting you be in control. We want to be filled. We want to walk with your spirit. We don't want to grieve or quench your spirit anymore. So in this moment, teach us as Harvest Community to walk and to pray in your spirit, to know you more, to lift up Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.